0: Yeah. Everybody falls sometimes. Just remember that that's alright. It's the rainy days that give us love for the sun. And if it isn't, I guess I'll be fine believing it does. Mm-hmm, yeah everybody falls sometimes just remember that that's all right it's the lows in life that make you cherish the highs and if it isn't i guess i'll be fine believing a lie hey! just in case my car goes off the highway or the plane that i get on decides that it's my last day i want you to know when you're alone and you feel afraid you're not the only person in the world that isn't okay there's millions of us just like you like you like you means of us just like you, like you, like you, just like
1: you, like you. Hey, what's up, family? How's everybody doing? Okay. Oh. Hey, can y'all hear me now? There we go. Mm-hmm. Everybody's well. That's good. That's good. Well, we'll go ahead and get right into it. Um, definitely, if you have any questions, anything y'all guys want to, ladies, want to talk about man i'm here to serve you all look forward to these every week last week just some family things came up but either way we're going to keep it we're going to keep it rocking so uh whichever which one of you ladies have the first question or just anything that y'all want to discuss we could talk about anything uh you can give your comments about certain things just whatever you guys have i i love to support you all for sure
2: i guess can you hear me yeah i can you clear Uh yeah um I, <clears throat> I haven't been on in a while since like maybe that first or second one. Uh-huh. Oh, it's okay <laughs> but it's i had okay. posted a. yeah i just i had not mood and everything i've been busy but I, I had posted a question that was i don't know if you remember and i gotta think back uh i had a comment off of i think it was like our first session but you were speaking about i just wanted to know more about your process when like i know now you're in the routine you got like the confidence and you know what you're doing but during writing, the writing of your first book. Yeah, yeah. Could you so, speak yeah. more on like your process and what you went through and like the ups and downs and how you just, were you fasting through it or what you did like to keep it going? Did, were you
1: discouraged? For sure, yeah, I'll definitely give you the backdrop. My first book, um, and I wish I took all my books in my school. Now that I work at a, a public, not a public school, but a high school, this um, mm-hmm. so is I like to have, I like for the kids to have a visual. Of kind of you know um you know motivating them to kind of pursue their goals but it started when i was mm-hmm. the book writing process started when i was real young i think i was like 20 or 21. and um it was when i just got back from oral roberts university i just got back um home and um god dropped in my heart to write a book and i was like a book you know um i didn't know words were my gifting um i was very uh, had a very strong vocabulary very strong Uh, uh, communication skills when I was younger I just didn't realize that writing a book was was one of those things that God wanted me to do but either way Mm -hmm. it started when I was about 2021 and the book writing process then um, was kind of rooted in fear kind of rooted in um, partial fear second part is more so uh, uh, false expectations but either way I wrote the book and and it kind of um, sparked this love for writing. Now, let me get you all the way up to where I'm at now. So I wrote seven books. My first book was called Unplugged, um, helping people uh, process through uh, the things that they're plugged into and why it's important to unplug from the world. Uh, the second book that I wrote was on spiritual warfare. It was called World War Me, How to Win the War Within. Uh, that's an old African proverb that says, um, an def- a enemy defeated within. No, oh, if, if you have no enemy within, no enemy against you, outside of you can win or something like that. My third book was probably my number one best-selling book. Now is um, purpose of singleness. Then my fourth book was oh man, uh, dating prep, and also uh, the purpose of freedom, book on soul time strongholds. And then uh, next book was a children's book, and my latest book, counterpeter counterpart. Now, the process, the reason why I listed all those books is because there's a progression. Uh, my first book was just raw, um, really no um, discipline in writing, a little bit just 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 all over the place. Um, But the process of me writing, but let's talk there and start there. Well, it all begins with um, just flowing with the spirit of God. Uh, One thing about me, I'm not um, pressed to write. I'm not uh, ambitious when it comes to writing. I'm not really ambitious about a lot there. I'm an ambitious person, but I'm not pursuing things outside of the pace of God. So I always advise people when it comes to writing is that you want to write something that is God-breathed. Right. Um, um, I'm not saying at the level of the Bible, but what I'm saying that there should be a level of Holy Spirit use me. So like like this past summer, I was going to write another book on singleness, but the Holy Spirit said, no, write a book on discernment. And so I, I begin to flow. So, number one, I have to you have to flow with the spirit of God um, so that you can actually write what he sees fit for you to write for a particular season. Um, second thing that I would say in regard to my process of writing is, is that I make uh, time to write um, make it time to write just means just simply just say, okay, at this time of the day, this time of the week, I'm going to dedicate a, a particular amount of time to just writing. Uh, I do that because I, I wanna kinda get my writing uh, skills sharpened. I wanna just say, hey, even though I may not know exactly what to write, I'm gonna keep writing. Now let's get specific to a theme. So if you are writing a theme on uh, singleness, right? Uh, What I would do is I write singleness real big on a sheet of paper and I will spend time with God. And from that session with God, I will kind of just say, let me exhaust all of my um, energy at this moment uh, and thinking power into writing out um, everything that I could speak on about that topic. So I start with a theme that I write down all potential talking points. I always get, I follow these three things, problem, cause, and solution. What is the problem that the people that I'm writing to have? What are the causes that are happening, that are contributing to this problem being manifest in people's lives? And then what are the solutions? So I do those three things, problem, cause, and solution. Typically, if you write like that, you will actually help the reader. So if I know the problem, so what's the problem of singleness? A lot of people are not content with their singleness. What are the causes of those different things? It could be upbringing. It could be a a myriad of different things. And what are the biblical solutions? That is if you're writing a book that's nonfiction, right? That's if you're writing a book that's, I won't say self-help, but that's trying to help somebody. Let me first ask you this question. Is your book more like a self-help or is it more like a fictional book?
2: um it's not actually writing a book i don't write i was just more so i guess as far as just being a creative oh like as far as the stuff you went through mentally and stuff and how you got through it i'm a designer but yeah just as far as going through your first stuff when you didn't have the confidence and stuff like that so it's not you well
1: let's let's start with that at first at first uh my confidence was in um in the return, right? And I think what helps me stay confident, even in my moments where I don't feel like I'm confident is realizing who I'm working for. It's also realizing the, the, the eternal reward of obedience, right? And so when, anytime you're in a creative space and you feel insecure or you feel inadequate or you feel uh, not confident, you have to find your why. I always tell people, what is it that you, who are the people that you're trying to help? Who are there? Who, who, why do they need your help? Uh, because sometimes we get so caught up in qualifications, but God doesn't choose to qualify. He qualifies the called, meaning that he says, all I'm looking for is people who are available and who desire uh, um, to, to, to be led by me. And so what I do anytime that I feel a lack of confidence or I feel um, spiritual warfare, or I feel anything that may be coming against what I feel like God is calling me to do, is that I begin to find my why, my who, and then my why. Who am I doing this for? I'm doing this for God. I'm giving, doing this for God's glory, which reminds me that He is my source, He is my supply, He is my strength. Now, what? Now, uh, why should I do this? I'm doing this because I know number one, there are people that need this. Um, the young people that come talk to me at my school are, are middle schoolers and high schoolers, and for for most of y'all, you understand that that was one of the most trying times of our lives, uh, probably where our insecurities were at all-time high and our self-love was absent. And one thing that I tell these kids when I'm helping them through their creative pursuits, um, because one thing I tell these kids, um, sometimes they'll come to me with low self-esteem. They'll come, they just had a breakup or they have some dad issues, some home issues. Uh, I tell them my story about how when I was in the middle of pain, I, was, I wanted God to take the pain away. And sometimes when we ask God to take the pain away, we ask, we're also gonna see that he'll take the gain away. Pain leads to gain. Uh, uh, pain is universal language. If I don't go through my pain, how can I be able to truly uplift others out of their pain? And so pain is necessary. Um, um, challenges are necessary. Um, uh, 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 insecurities are necessary. And those who desire to win will will survive through it. And so what I tell these young people is that oftentimes what I've noticed with God is that when, when I find myself in pain or I find myself lonely or whenever I have found myself previously in those states, right, I began to realize that God oftentimes gives me a project to do. Sometimes when you're actually working on a project and you're working on a book or you're working on some creative, that is therapeutic. Do you not think that... Um, that, that when we pull from, from in ourselves to create, that we actually helping ourselves. We have to look at what was the first thing that God said. And the Bible says, uh, in the beginning, God created, which means God's a creative. The reason why many people are not where they desire to be and are emotionally uh, stuck is because they're not creating. If in the beginning God created, then, then there should be some level of, of, of importance on the word create. And I think when we see that sometimes creating is therapeutic, we will create more often. And the young girl, um, every time girls come into the school that are a part of my self esteem group, I always ask them what their number is between one and 10 as far as confidence. And one of the girls came in maybe three or four weeks ago and her number was a three every day. And I said, okay, you got to book an appointment with me. We got we to talk through some things. And when she came into my office, she was just, she was, I mean, she, I, I gave her a sheet of paper. I said, write down all the, the the thoughts that you're going through right now. Stuff like this. She was saying stuff like, nobody wants me. Um, I'm lonely. Uh, a lot of different things like that. And I said, okay, let's process through each of these thoughts. And we processed through them. And I told her, I said, so what do you want to do in life? Like, what is it? And she was like, I'm afraid that people won't accept uh, me and we'll, we'll uh, uh, celebrate what it is it I want to do I said what do you want to do she says she wants to act she says she wants to write a book and she wants to help change people's perspectives <clears throat> so on the board I had her write her mission mm-hmm. statement which was my name her name then she said um, her name i ain't gonna say her name but she was like uh, student is here to help young people shift their perspectives Right. So I sent her home. I said, I want you to start writing again. But she was like, oh, OK, all right. It may not be good. Every day this past week and a half, her number has been a seven or eight. Simply, she comes into my office, smiling, uh-huh. says, this is what I wrote today. This is what I wrote today. And I'm like, see, I didn't give her no five step plan. I didn't get I just said, go create. Find confidence in what God has called you to do. And this girl has been smiling since. Right. And so, what we have to realize is that the enemy hates when we create because he knows the power of creation, that the residual effect of of creating and what it does to inspire. That's why I have my books in my office. That's why I have stuff everywhere so they can see this is what creating looks like. I tell them that um, some of the best days of my week is when I get paid from YouTube, when I get paid from my books, when I get paid from all my different stuff is because I'm glad the younger me created. And now because of what I did then, it's inspiring me to do now so that the 45 year old me is grateful. And so what helps me and what I've been teaching other people and what helped them overcome tough thought processes and insecurities and fears is who am I doing this for? God, not my parents, not my anybody, but God. Why must I do it? So that people can be impacted. The number one thing I told that young lady after all of that in that first session, I said, write down the people you are here for. And I wrote big on a sheet of paper, what about them? Ever since I was 19 years old, I haven't forgot about them. And I told her, I said, if I would have committed suicide, if I would have gave up, would I be in front of you today helping you? So sometimes we would keep him on our mind, us on our minds, and them on our minds, we'll be able to produce a lot more. I hope that helps so far, but give me some more things to dig on so I can, I can help you process some more.
0: I was just wanting to know, like... That through, like? I
1: guess more as far as, like no, that I I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Say it again.
0: Oh my bad.
1: No, that was good what you said. No, no, no. Say, say what you said before because I, I want to make sure I really right. help you specifically.
2: No, I, my whole thing was just I was. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can hear you now. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, my. Wi-Fi was real spotty. No, it was just me wanting to know, like, as far as – the you answered the question as far as, you know, the confidence and having your why and stuff. And I guess I was just wanting to know what things, like, as far as, like, were, do you, were you fasting and stuff? And I guess I, I'm answering my own question. I already know. It's okay. As far as – because as far as getting into, like, fasting and stuff when you're in that process, when you come into a block and stuff. And I guess I was just wanting to know, like, kind of what you went through and stuff. <laughs> But no, what you what you said was really good as far as just having your why and just creating and even
1: yeah there we go that we can hear yeah
2: okay my bad my connection is real bad where I'm at you're fine
1: did you you're even fine. catch anything I said I caught the first part except for like the last two uh, two or three words
2: no I was just basically saying like you answered my question just having your why and like. You know, and when you don't feel like it or you feel like some type of way or down and like you're not good, like just go back and create. And I think God will put you back in that space. I guess just
1: stay creating. Stay creating. And, and what I learned, what I couple with that is exercise, is getting endorphins in my body, uh multivitamins. Okay. Like like for me, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always be affected. Like every time I do a video, like I, I take my multivitamin, like If I know I'm doing videos at the end of the day, I'll take my vitamins right before I do any kind of ministry. I'll, I'll drink a mm-hmm. lot of water. I'll, I'll make sure that my body, because we're one, usually what hinders creativity is the food that we eat and the lack of sleep that we have, right? So mm-hmm. when we exercise, when we eat right, and when we position ourselves to be in an optimal state of creativity, that's when we'll create optimally right Mm -hmm. and effectively and so i learned those little tricks along the way um fasting sometimes i sometimes i do most fasting is not part of my repertoire and most times but when it comes to creating i just put myself in the best position as possible like for me that's why i'm glad i work at a school because i know i can give my all and still have spring break christmas break summer break to really be creative. And I, I mm-hmm. also, when it comes to creating, I don't put pressure on me to create. I let creativity find me, not me going looking to create. Mm-hmm. But when you are in a funk, I will, like when I'm in a funk or whatever, and I don't feel inspired. I'll, I'll pop up my motivational videos. I'll drink some water. I'll go work out. And my best stuff happens after I work out because the endorphins are flowing, my blood is flowing, things, things are just mm. at an optimal level bodily, which then positions me to, to have some bandwidth to create. Um, okay. But the spiritual things that I do, it's just I vibe with God all day. I would say read your Bible, I would say pray, but those things are not as good as getting to know the individual. Um, because the more I get to know God personally, the more the pages mean more to me, the more prayer means more to me because I know the person of God. So I I commune with him throughout my day. Um, I talk with him. I fellowship with him. I obey him. I structure my life where it's not in sin so that 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 I, have, I always have that portal where, where I feel like I have a strong connection with God and therefore quotes be coming to me. That's why all the stuff you see on my on my platforms all comes from Mm -hmm. him. The root of all these videos, these points, these books comes strictly from fellowship with him. And Mm -hmm. and coupling with that, you know, exercise and just positioning my whole body to be ready to create. That makes sense. So I hope that I hope that I I believe that. Yeah, that's true. All right. You sure you have anything else for me? I don't mind, I don't mind answering any other questions you got.
2: No, that was that was kind of like an old question I had and I've kind of crossed a point now where i'm back like i was in a bad place when i had originally sent that question to you and i just okay. didn't move and now i'm like newly single and just i've just been trying to just like get back focused and stuff and i think that actually helped i'm in a good place now but this is something for me to come back to when i
1: yeah if and you, you know and utilize what you're going through as fuel. Like the uh-huh. when kids, when kids come to me after a breakup and uh, one, one girl specifically, um, she's, you know, she's trying to get over this guy and all this kind of stuff, but she has to go to see him in school every day. So that's difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But I told her, I said, hey, use this as momentum, use this as fuel to be fruitful, right. you know, channel that energy into creating. And, I, and she started making these videos and I've been resharing them on TikTok and, and, it's, and it's hitting home to her because, she's, because you could tell she's overcoming. And so mm-hmm. when we're newly single or when we're in a new space, those are the most premium, optimum times to create because there are real raw emotions. Mm-hmm. Real raw emotion that we can channel into productivity, and it and it becomes therapeutic for us. And then we come out with genuine raw, real, honest, and those type of creative outputs touches people the most because everybody can relate to pain. But mm-hmm. you know, happy create creation is cool too. But there's something about creating real raw, honest hurtful not hurtful content but from her Mm -hmm. that really produces something that connects to people long term
2: yeah i believe that especially like in music and stuff
1: yeah for sure the
2: songs that's about heartbreak or getting old i know the songs that yeah
1: (laughs) exactly and those things those things translate all across the board Mm -hmm. i'll let someone else speak all right all right who wants to go next
0: Hi, Coach.
1: Hey, girl. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Um, I really like the topic that you guys are talking about, Um, especially when it comes to creativity and stuff, because I feel like I'm a creative person, but it, it only comes out, like you said, when it, um when you're in a certain situation. So I noticed that I'm most creative when it comes to doing things with kids, or I'm really inspired when it comes to children and babies and stuff. So yeah. Um. Anyway, what I wanted to ask you is if you could talk about colorism. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, cause that's a topic that's been coming up a lot um, for me lately, I guess. Okay. And you know, in the perspective of God and um, what we endure as people of color, mm-hmm. and our separation in between one another, if you could just. You could free. You could um. You know, like speak on it, and then if I have specific questions, I'll ask
1: sure. you later. Yeah, because I wanted to make sure I got the definition right. But um, yeah. I mean, um, we'll start here. The enemy's ultimate objective is to divide and conquer. Um, and the best way to divide tribes is for them to focus on the obvious, right? And the obvious thing that's obvious is the color of one's skin. That's what we can see. And oftentimes when it comes to people of color and then colorism within and within color groups is that insecurities at the root of it. Um, there's always something to nitpick as long as there's vision, as long as there's eyesight, people are gonna nitpick on stuff. Um, your nose are too, is too big, your lips are too big, your ears are like this, your face is like this. And oftentimes we, we fail to realize that the root of all of this are insecurities, that people are so insecure of themselves or they're so full of self-hate that they have to translate that hate to other people. Right. And in order to, in order to feel good about myself, I have to tear down someone else. And that has been, um, the curse that has been navigating different cultures is because there has been some level of hate. Now, when you look at uh, communities, when you don't have a sense of identity and you don't have a sense of home, then there's no there's no confidence that can spread. So when you're generations removed from the motherland, or you're generations removed from your land, there's something about land. There's something about people. There's certain about community. See, for me, uh, I wasn't necessarily affected by colorism or affected by racism, is because um, I come from uh, like my people are Nigerian. So it's kind of like uh, my dad, when we when I was younger, would say stuff about you're a chief in Nigeria. Um, uh, uh, your people are back there are wealthy, your people back there are are great people. So I heard it from uh, one generation over, not 15 generations over, but one generation over that that gave me a sense of, oh, wow, you know, that's something special. So when it comes to Black America and their struggles, um, it's not saying that those struggles are not there. It's just that I've learned that Um, I know my people. I've done my research. I know um, Ezzy means king. You know what I'm saying? That Ijike, my middle name, means one that can, one, uh, getting things without sweat, right? And Joshua means one who saves. So I I found value in that. Now, colorism is, is essentially, like I said, rooted in security and how I don't since I don't have enough time to focus on a higher power and focusing on God and what he wants me to do. I'm going to focus on you and to make myself feel better. I'm going to try to tear you down. And since we as a group don't know the the kings and the queens and the and the lands that we've coming from and we're stuck in this country called America and there's no sense of identity to reach back towards and say okay this is where our people come from then there's going to be some level of division but that's where Jesus comes in where where there's a new gospel that no matter what the world's order is we now can connect back to God which is greater than the kings of Africa which is greater than any any pharaoh or anything that we may have our lineage from now we know who our source is, who we're connected to, et cetera, which then now gives us our confidence. That's why when I look at me, I don't see a black man. Like I see a Christian man first. Now you see the idolatry of blackism. You see the idolatry of being black and being uh, uh, all that stuff. And now the color comes before salvation. And so when it comes to young women or young men that struggles or may possibly find themselves in the the, um, waves of, of these type of discussions is to realize where do we first get our identity from? Our identity, Jesus didn't say, or the Godhead did not say in the beginning, let us make man in the image of X, Y, and Z. He said, let's make man in our image. So our identity comes from him, which then says color is just color. And and when we know that it's a satanic plot to cause people to be divided, to hate each other, then the elites and the people that are off, the offsprings of Satan himself are going to uh, are are going to run this world uh, as invisible enemies. So if I focus on you as an enemy, how can I fight against a demonic entity? If 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 if, if, if I see the white man as my enemy. I will, then now I have a crutch or excuse for not my lack of success. How can we have this thought and this this idea of racism and colorism when, when it is my discipline and my responsibility to be successful? And that if I'm a child of God, it doesn't matter what red lining or red tape, or if I'm light skinned or if I'm dark skinned or whatever, none of that can stop what God wants me to do, which then sets us free from the ideology that, that, that I'm inferior or, or that this person's better than me because she's a different shade. When I know that because the blood was red and it was shed for me, now I can be who he has created to me despite what surrounds me. So that's my quick little gist. I know I said a lot there and I recorded this, so if you need to come back, cause I know I can talk a little broad and a little at a, at a high speed, but help me get some specifics. What are some things that you're pondering now that I can that I can help you with specifically?
0: Uh, well, I just, I have an issue with um, how the black community sometimes, um, we have this idea of preferences. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, is skin, if, Because sometimes you'll hear people be like, I want a man who's tall, dark, and handsome. Gotcha. Or, um, like, based on skin color, they'll say that um, light-skinned men are, you know, they're crybabies, and dark-skinned men, they're tough, and stuff like that. Would it be wrong for people to have those type of um, preferences, especially when it comes to God, considering that God does not um, discriminate against skin color?
1: Great question. I always, like, we had a lot of discussion about this um, in my high school. They always pull me into their classroom when they have heat debates. And one thing that I said was it's not necessarily, God is not concerned ultimately by what we do. He is, don't get me wrong, but the ultimate thing he's concerned about is why we do it. So God doesn't mind preference. He just minds why the preference. Is the root of the preference insecurity? Is the root of the preference self-hate? Is the root of the preference lust? What is the root of the preference? So if a person, but that's why it's not good to generalize because not all light-skinned men are one way and not all dark-skinned men are one way or another way or not all light-skinned girls are one way or whatever. They may There may be some things about it because typically In a culture like ours, fair skinned people, like light skinned people, probably get a little bit more treatment. They probably get a little bit more looks, and so they get accustomed to attention. And sometimes, when a when a group of people who are light skin and they get all this attention, they they can sometimes be crippled in society because they're so used to being told pretty. They're so used to getting what they want. All they got to do is bat their eyes. All they got to do is sh- you know whatever. And typically, um, that stereotype is surrounding that group because. In cultures, even in South American cultures and African cultures, wherever the light-skinned child gets more preference, and so when you have a culture that overlooks the darker-skinned one, that darker-skinned one has to be tough and fight on their own, typically. And that stereotype surrounds them because anytime you're overlooked, anytime you're not cared for, you you fight for what you have and you you sustain what you have, and that's why they have the stereotype of light-skinned men being one way, being married to them. But if you marry a dark-skinned guy, he typically whatever, whatever. So there there may be some truth to each because of the treatment of both groups that kind of leads to certain outcomes generally at large when you look at both groups. But um, God, God doesn't mind us liking what we like as long as what we like is right in our heart, right? And so, and it kind of boils down to purpose. So if deep down inside is a purpose to do X, Y, and Z, And if you're fellowshipping with God and growing the things of God, typically, you're going to develop an attraction for a particular person because you know your purpose deeply. And it's just something that's drawing you to this individual. And people outside may look at that and be like, oh, why do you like men like that? It's like, no, because maybe God designed my man to be like this, designed my woman to be like this. And I'm naturally, genuinely attracted to this because this is the person that God has placed in my heart to be with. And it just fits, right? Right. Um, so I, my main answer to that is not what the preference is, but why the preference. Because then your preference will alter when you check your heart and put your heart at the altar and say, "God, change my heart from and, and help me to see the root issues, so I don't I don't become an issue later in my marriage or issue later with my kids, because now I've really." Checked my heart. But if you genuinely like this type of guy, that's perfectly fine. If you genuinely like this type of person or this type of color or this type of thing, there's nothing to be upset about that because you know your heart is right and it's not, and your heart is ripe, meaning it's mature. And is able to say okay i like this because i like it not because of some hidden issue self-hate insecurity in there that's causing me since i hate myself so much i'm gonna gravitate to this or because the culture says this is what's attractive and since i have no backbone of my own i started bending towards the influence of the world if that makes sense No, it does it makes
0: perfect sense
1: actually so as long as the heart is right and a heart is ripe, there's nothing wrong with your type, if that makes sense. Like if your type is what you like, that's fine. As long as you audit your heart and say, okay, my heart is pure, my heart is genuine towards this. And, and I genuinely like this kind of man, I genuinely like this kind of friend, etc., etc. Then God is not concerned about it because God is creative. He made differences for a reason. He made people look different for a reason, cultures different for a reason. Uh, uh, because he knows that not everybody's going to like the same thing. Not everybody's going to be the same type of person. Um, but there are some generalizations based upon certain uh, groups that that lean towards that, and colorism has become just another um, strike, uh, stripe or paint stroke in, 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 in the issues of life. And so as long as your heart is right, man, I think that your type doesn't even matter to God. Uh, because it probably was placed in your heart by God, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. Thank you,
1: Coach. You're welcome. Anything else on your heart?
0: Um, no. It was just um the colorism thing because um I think like especially growing up in my household, I feel like in the Black community, we like you were saying, we place more value on skin color. Yeah. And um, it's, like, it's becoming something that, like you said, it hinders people from being able to naturally do what they um, are created to do because they just have this stereotype over themselves. And, like, it's hard when you see, like, how people will – like they hold the um the colors and like stereotype over themselves, and they just like assume that okay, I'm this because I'm this color or I'm this because of the weight so yeah
1: it's 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 one of the oldest tricks in the book um comparison that's what got Abel killed you see what i'm saying and and it just is what it is and um and it's unfortunate that people categorize themselves based upon their color and based upon what that's why i said god is the ultimate source and and it doesn't matter how he made you if you allow him to make you over and as far as your heart then then it doesn't matter how did i end up with the wife that i had have you see what i'm saying like it's 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 I'm not the most attractive man in the world. I'm not this or that, whatever, but I knew my confidence in God and that became attractive, which makes, in a woman's eyes, makes a man even more attractive. And so it's unfortunate. And I prayed that, you know, that's not affecting you. And if it is, it's just one of those things when you realize that I'm, I'm, my color is not the most valuable thing. Even though our skin is the largest organ we have, it is not the most important. You know what I'm saying? And so it's crazy how we can get distracted, which is a big distraction, looking at somebody else, comparing their color, comparing their eyes, comparing whatever else to what I have, and then feel insecure about that is almost spitting at God saying, God, you didn't make me correctly. And that's what the enemy want, want us to question how God made us, but he made us fearfully and wonderfully. And when we realize that our confidence will be in him and we'll walk confidently, no matter what the words being spoken, no matter who's getting fair treatment, because I know they don't dictate my purpose, God does. They don't dictate my path, God does. And so I'm just gonna keep walking. So I hope that helped.
3: Thank
1: you, Paul. You're welcome, no problem. All right, Couture, what you got for me today?
3: Um, I really don't have too much. I've just been in a lot of reflection this week.
1: Okay, good, um,
3: good. We, we have been talking about my job situation and, um, yes. I feel like God placed it on my heart to let my frustration, um, fuel, uh, be the fuel for my purpose.
1: There you go. It's, yeah.
3: You know, so I really need to just focus my negative energy and make it positive energy and start really going hard on my purpose like i need to stop playing around and getting disciplined and having my day structured so i can do what i need to do what he told me to do because there's a lot that he told me to do
1: yeah and and there's (laughs) a certain amount of oil we have to have for certain seasons there's a certain level of strength that we have to have for certain seasons. Like I know the next season I'm going into, I'm going to have to be a little bit more in shape. I'm going to have to be a little bit more disciplined because there's going to be more responsibility, right? There's going to be more required of me. And if I don't, I will occur on me unnecessary frustration, unnecessary negative energy because of my lack of preparation. And I just think preparation has a way of bringing more peace than anything else outside of God, of course, and so I, that's good that you're, that you're learning how to channel that negative energy into positive. And that's, that's how I produce some great content. The, the best of my content uh, came from Season of Pain. Like my number one video that, that's on YouTube, The Purpose of, not, not The purpose, The Proverbs 31 Woman, that video, people don't know that I messed up big right before that video. Like I, I stuttered, I, I stalled, and I, that room was about 70, 80 people looking at me. And I wanted to quit. I just wanted to tell the DJ, cut the music on and we just gonna chill today. But I had to fight through that. And that became my number one, one of my top videos on YouTube, right? So it's interesting how those moments, uh, we have to learn how to fight through tough moments so that we can become tough people because we become tough people, then we can navigate greater responsibility because greater responsibility requires tougher people. And that's why people get kind of offended. So why does the janitor make less than the CEO? And the janitor does more with his hands or her hands or the people down at the lower level of a company gets paid lesser than that. It's because the the weight of responsibility requires a certain level of, of payment. When you're the more responsible, you have to be a little bit more disciplined. And that's why I tell people, how high do you want to go? How far do you want to go? If you want to be a millionaire, manage your, manage your hundreds better. You see what I'm saying? And then the millions will come. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you have a million, million dollar idea. But, but the higher we go, the higher we want to go, the higher we need to be. You see what I'm saying? I think that's what we have to learn how to do is that why would God give us more if we don't allow him to make us and build us and make us tough? I am the product of my toughest seasons. And mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want it done a different way because if I if it was done a different way, I might've been a pansy. I might've been softer. I might've been gullible. I might've been more, but because of those tough seasons, I'm a little wise, I'm a little sharper, a little bit, little bit more keenly aware, <laughs> what I need to be keenly <laughs> aware of. So I hope that yeah. helped. I hope that gave you a little, little oomph to get you up the road a little bit.
3: Yes, it did, and it gave me a quote.
1: <laughs> what you get? What quote you got?
3: I'm a product
1: of my toughest season. You, that's what I'm saying. No, listen, I, I'm. If God took the pain away, then we're basically telling Him to take the gain away. No pain, <laughs> no gain. If we want to gain, we have to. Like diamonds come from pressure. Everything worth something in life comes through some level of pain. Childbearing comes with pain. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. And when we realize that's a part of the formula of life, then we'll let the calculations be what they are.
3: Yeah. Well, I got the quote and I make sure I uh, shot you out when I post it. No I don't problem. know when I'll post it. it but... you, I'll
1: know. It, <laughs> I'll know when you post it because I'll be tagged in it. Uh, yes, sir. Anything else, ladies? I got time. It don't matter. We could talk about anything. You got any more questions? If not, we'll keep it moving.
2: I was going to uh, comment on, uh, I believe, is it Whitney yes. on the colorism thing. Uh-huh. Now, I'm light-skinned, and I'm very light-skinned, and I went through colorism growing up. Wow! But it was because I was like the only light-skinned Black person gotcha. You know, in my community. And so I got a lot of hate and stuff and people... Just names and your daddy white and just little stuff and like like but it's stuff that actually like was hurtful. Yeah. And I just didn't fit in because of that. Mm. And then like when it came to boys and stuff, like I just had real issues with the girls because of my light skin. And so at school I felt some kind of way, but when I would go to church and stuff, like all the the pastors' wives or the the mothers, everybody would be like, Oh, hey, pretty girl. And I started to feel like Like, I didn't want them calling me pretty and stuff. Mm. Like, I didn't want any attention because, and I felt like I was getting attention because of my skin color. And it made me feel like I didn't, I started, like, I didn't want to accept, like, compliments and stuff. And I think it really did something possibly to my self-esteem. I don't know. But I will say that, and it sucks because going through life, like, I've got, it's me and, One of my other brothers is really light-skinned, and then we're all different colors. But I can see, even with my brothers, how, I mean, that does, even with white people, get you, like, just how the fairer skin is looked at by white people in your own community.
1: Yeah. Hispanic community,
2: they like it, like, everything is just a fairer skin. And it starts to, like, even when I be watching movies today, like, even the church movies, like, the main characters... Be fair and then all the little extras is like the darker what I think their actual colors are and I'd be paying attention and my mind pays attention to color so much now and I get offended. And I like speak up against colorism because I feel like I was on the other end of it, but I get mad when people like my brothers and them were like, oh, I'm like blackies or darkies and I'm like, why are you even like it's just crazy. And I think it does do something to, like, our psyche just from growing up. It makes you feel like you want to be the other, but for me, I I don't know if it made me feel, it didn't make me feel ashamed, but it made me, I saw the preference and, like, and it may not even have been that because I was pretty, but I felt like the attention was because, oh, I'm light-skinned, so I, like, like, I don't, I didn't want to hear that stuff. Like, I wanted to be, like, not paid attention to. But I got a lot of like yeah from other girls just because I was light skinned and it I had some rough times.
1: And it's, and I see it through I see it through the school that I'm at right now. You have a girl like the girl I spoke of, she's a darker skinned girl, kinda going through that phase, teeth, you know, getting her braces and stuff like that. And 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 she don't even know and she'll say, well, she's prettier than me. But she don't even know that that same girl is getting counseling, talking about all her self-esteem issues. And you talking about the prettiest girl in middle school. Yeah, that's what they say. It's going through what she's going through. And and everybody's mm-hmm. comparing, and but everyone has hidden struggles. And and mm-hmm. it's a big distraction. And, and the enemy knows that if I can affect you at the psyche level, I can affect any other level of your life. If I can get you overly consumed with your color, or overly consumed with your money, overly consumed with your status, overly consumed with your family, then you will identify yourself with that thing. And life, which is 100% going to test those areas, you're going to crumble because your identity is in that. And so many mm-hmm. young people, uh, uh, the darkies and blackies and all these different terms that you hear, light, brights, and all that kind of stuff, kids will understand it is hurting people deeply. and And that's why it's our job as... As individuals to make sure that we heal so that when we see those things happen we can encourage the young people that you are more than your color your color is, is 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 unique or your shade is that's what you got so own it that's 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 the color you are but don't be identified by it and to help people unpack uh what effects that occur because like you said a lot of people will will be bashed because they are light skin as well at the same time praise and how do you deal with being praised on one end hating on another end but you have a lot within that you want to offer but people only identify you based upon something that's small in comparison to who you really mm-hmm. are it's interesting yeah. so i'm gonna I'm process this some more because i think a video i don't think i ever did a video on colorism i, I think it's as especially with the kids that i'm that i'm helping with now it's like it's all over the place
2: and i think Another thing that I just want to talk about that I'm going sure. through right now,
1: uh-huh.
2: and I don't know, as far as, okay, so like I said, I had just got a relationship, and I've talked to you, I, you probably don't remember, mm-hmm. but my entire adult life, I've been in the, uh, I guess, living a homosexual, lesbian lifestyle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've known it's wrong, like, I yeah, was I raised remember. in church, my that, grandpa's yeah. superintendent, dad's, like, all that, yeah. and so I'm finally, even after talking to you, I went and got back into another situation. Gotcha. And so, I'm at a place now where it's, I'm, and this is where I always go, and I think me being on that side is, a, like, it's safer because now I'm like, okay, well, I gotta, I know what I need to do, and I would desire that, and God, like, one thing I can say about God, even, like, I'm 38, and so, like, mm-hmm. that's a you know, all my adulthood, I've been that way. Mm-hmm. And so, but God never like took, you know, you'll have some women that's over there like, uh, and they discuss men like never, he never took like, I can see a man and like he's handsome. It's not like I don't, I can't see myself. So it's not gotcha. that. But I think I've my identity. Now I'm having mm-hmm. like, which my mind is not even on relationship. My mind is on God fully right now. But I always tell everybody, oh, I'm never gonna get married. I'm just gonna be seen like my mindset is like just to be single be- because of the fact that I feel like my identity has been this way so long and just even my appearance. Like, how do you like, like, it's almost like, you know, I think the women today, like, they're looking at, oh, I need, like, get my bottom done and look like my body and stuff like that. I'm not even at that point, like, just to even, I guess, be more of a feminine, not to, like, even my haircut is short, like, just to get to a place where I'm having insecurities Mm -hmm. and I think that's why I have a thing against marriage because I feel like it's not like my personality can't capture someone, but I don't feel I'd be able to like maintain what I'm supposed to be physically. I Like I've been living this so long. And when you're in that, you get deeper and deeper and deeper and you turn into like, it's not so much the feminine side, but the stud side, you just get deeper and deeper. You start to like, just pick up and you take like you own these mannerisms and stuff. That's not, that's more uh you know manly and stuff like that and just the insecurities in that I'm having like I'm not I've just been thinking I think that's why I say I'm never gonna get married and stuff like that but I think it's an insecurity because I don't feel like I'd be able to keep the attention of a man like because of these things it's not that I'm not pretty but pretty but it's everything outside of that i see what you're saying like i you know what i'm saying and so that's something i know i'm gonna have to deal with and it just got me thinking about when i was talking about the colorism and like your identity and just insecurities and stuff like that so what would be your advice as far as like because i know it's not about god looks at your heart and he'll place you with somebody that's for you but for me to even get to a stage like and I know that's not something I should even be thinking about right now anyways, but
1: no, but listen, it probably, it talking. probably should. Because, <laughs> no, you're fine because unpacking makes room. Right. And so one of the things that I talked to my boy, Jeff, mm-hmm. we, did on the, we did on the podcast, we talked about how um, someone asked our quest, asked a question, how do you make a, your wife happy? And what we told them was we are incapable of making our wives happy because the joy The center of a joy should be God. There's no way I could compete with God. No way, right? So when we have the idea Mm -hmm. of how will I, then we we either fall into one or two extremes. (laughs) Either we fall into pride, like, oh, I can do that. Or we fall into insecurity, oh, I can't do that. But when you realize that when it comes to something that God created, God has to be in the midst of it. If God created marriage, created an institution called marriage. He created that bond. Marriage is not just a sheet of paper. It's a bond. When he went, he is a it's it's one of the strongest forms of relationship on the planet. You have parent to child relationship. You have siblings relationships. You have uh, um um friendship relationships you have a, you have all these different relationships that you can have right but the second, the first greatest relationship is one's relationship with god right well the strong relationship is the godhead them them up there three and one god three and one that's the strongest relationship right which inspires all relationships how can uh god be three persons but be one that's why the bible says let us make man our image in our likeness, God is three in one, we're three in one, body, soul, and spirit, right? So that bond of unity helps us when we, our relationship with God to have unity within. Once we have unity within, our second strong relationship is our relationship with self. Our third, the third great relationship on the planet is marriage, right? And so since marriage is such a created by God type of bond, and it's up there, then we need God for that thing to be bonded. So now freedom comes when we say, God, I can't do nothing without you. And then when we realize that we can't do nothing without God, then when God says, I have put this desire in you, then you will be like, okay, God, I can now see myself being married because I can see you because I rely on you. But anytime we begin to think on Mm -hmm. like, uh, will I be able to, or I can do that and we exclude God out of the picture, then, then we'll start focusing more on why it can happen or how I can make it happen. So in your case, it would be more mm-hmm. like, well, the enemy is going to try to whisper in your ear or place seeds of thoughts in your mind of, well, how can God get? how can you be married if you had these years of this type of lifestyle? How could it be possible? Mm-hmm. All things are possible to God. The Bible says any man or woman who be in Christ is a new creature. Old things passed away and behold, all things become new. Mm -hmm. And the new part is us relying on him, right? And so when it comes to identity, sometimes we can be so, we can can identify so deeply with our past and so deeply with our thoughts that we then waste time and then we kind of, continue to be in this blah season of our lives versus being in the blossoming season of our lives, right? And so I Mm -hmm. think the advice that I would give is we have to investigate these thoughts in line with the word of God. God did not say that a woman who had a homosexual lifestyle cannot be redeemed, renewed mentally, and be repositioned in something that she genuinely desires to have. There's nowhere in scripture Mm -hmm. where God says, these group of people cannot. -hmm. It's nowhere. That means the blood of Jesus is not all powerful. It don't have the full power to save everyone. If anyone Mm -hmm. that were if anyone be in Christ, that anyone encompasses all extremes, from murderers all the way down to uh white liars. You see what I'm saying? From Mm -hmm. every spectrum, from little sins to big sins, anyone can become new, right? And the more mm-hmm. we begin to marinate and meditate on those word on those scriptures, and we begin to systematically unpack those thoughts in comparison with the word that God says after we have uh, uh, pressed towards getting to know God more and really tracking his faithfulness towards us so that we can have faithful within him going forward then you will start beginning to see fruit in your life because you'll be like, you know what? No, I, I, I do desire this. And, and God, that's under the blood. God has forgot about that as far as the East from the West. Now, since God has forgotten it, I got to change how I remember it. Because mm-hmm. the devil's greatest weapon against us are memories. Because mm-hmm. he knows they can't be erased. But we have to choose how we see those messy moments or moments in our past, we have to change the way we see those in light of the blood and position ourselves to go forward saying that I can no matter what. And then as you begin to get creative, like you mentioned before, as you begin to dive deeper into your purpose and you begin to dive deeper into the things of God and maybe couple that with whatever God leads you to go to, whether it's uh, counseling or therapy or whatever kind of community he leads you to, because I have nothing against those things as long as we're spiritually led to them and that we're not idolizing that as our, or we position those things as our ultimate source for healing, right? And then next thing you know, you'll be like, man, I'm healed. But we have to take the time to interrogate, investigate and interrogate the thoughts that are in our minds to see if they're actually accurate. And if they're not accurate in accordance to what the scripture says, that I have to cast down vain imaginations and every thought that rises itself against the knowledge of God, pulling down, you know what I'm saying, uh, as far as uh, removing these strongholds out of our lives. And and I hope that what I've said is given some context, but help me so I can uh, help dig a little bit deeper, specific to what you may feel a little bit uneasy about or concerned about.
2: That helps because, I mean, that's what it comes down to. But I guess it's just more, more on the physical side. Like I'm like, uh, because it, I guess more like as far as like my style of dress and stuff like that, overcoming that and even going to church, like I just moved to a whole nother city and like the okay. church. Like, man, I kind of like, and my, one of my younger brothers is like an associate pastor there. And I'm like, so I'm like, a, how I dress, I don't like, it's almost like a shame. Like, I think I have a shame. Yeah. And my thing, and like, it, I don't even want to go to church. Like, man, people go like, man. you're here. This is who, and because of who I am and people know who like my family is and stuff like that. Like, man, I got to go like, go throw on a skirt just to so, like, like, how can, is God going to change me? this about me, to, me tell this. like i guess look in the part and i know
1: that's I not important but it's it's not but I, i'll help you with this is that there's nothing wrong like the difference between christianity and other and, and uh maybe islam is that when you look at islam um the women have to cover their face have to wear those long stuff so islam says you have to change to this standard right Mm -hmm. the thing about christianity is that if if you love something god is not trying to change what you love he's trying to change how you love it Mm -hmm. so if you love wearing that kind of style of clothes there should be no shame because there's no it's probably
2: not that i love it though i think it just was a progression throughout the years of being involved in
1: so then that's when you look at your life and say okay what is it that i like to wear Mm-hmm. and go and go back to those roots if you know if you know you don't like the way you dress now and you feel that it, what you how you dress now is a progression of mm-hmm. of of a lifestyle choice then that's when you say holy spirit um sh- uh give me sh- open up a spring in me that that takes me to a place where i genuinely loved x y or z Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you'll be able to say, you know what, I want to put on this, I want to wear that I want to do this. But never, as you are healing, n- never let anyone else make you feel bad as you progress towards the direction that God wants you to. Because no, mm-hmm. whether you wear a dress or you wear whatever you wear, people always have something to say. Right, right. You could be the most prissy of prissy girls. You could be wearing a dress. You could be wearing a flowy dress, a spring dress. You could wear all that kind of stuff, and people still gonna have something to say. Mm-hmm. And family can kick rocks. I'm not talking about your family, but when it comes to people who are still judging you based upon a period of your life that you're no longer at, those people are insecure. Mm-hmm. Those got issues. And that 's when we develop tougher skin when we hear those kind of thoughts or words that people say that will say, God, I forgive them for they know not what they 're saying then you'll mm-hmm. begin to see them with a different lens because you 'll be able to say they got issues because if you got time to talk about me and whisper about me, your life must suck <laughs> that 's how i get that's how that 's how I get past offense that 's how I get over offenses easier sometimes mm-hmm. bringing others based on how much sleep I had the night before, <laughs> but if i 'm offended. I get over a fence by looking at that person and say, okay, Mm -hmm. if you're talking about me, you got, you got time to talk about me. Then your life is not good, fam. So I'm off Mm -hmm. you because I feel bad for you now. And now instead of having sympathy for the individual, now the compassion, me has empathy for them. Now I pray for my enemies. Because if you knew Mm -hmm. the real reason why your enemy is an enemy, you actually have empathy for your enemy and you'll pray Mm -hmm. for your enemy because you'll be like, wow, you're really going through it. Mm -hmm. and so that's why you go to church you do your thing and 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 watch god change you and enjoy the process Mm -hmm. because then you will be used to help other young ladies that went through the same lifestyle everything you went through and you'll be able to help them change when they desire to change and that's why i tell people sometimes it kind of boils down uh, to deliverance and, and deliverance comes from devotion first and the spirits get tired of being with you because you're so in love with God and they end up leaving your life, especially when you start confessing and repenting from sins or that are root sins. Cause homosexuality and sexual, sexual type of sins or all symptomatic sins, sins that are symptoms are just, they easily are removed when we deal with the root issue. And if the root mm-hmm. issue has anything to do with parents, root issue has to do with any type of neglect, abandonment, rejection. Once we mm-hmm. get healed from those things, You'll start seeing yeah, all this yeah. stuff change. All that stuff will disappear in a matter of weeks. Because and I think that's,
2: mine is rooted in certain things. Like yep. I said, it's not. Because I remember our conversation.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And once and we, I think also,
2: well, if God just, if I, I get to a place where I'm not walking around like, oh, I look like the gay girl at church. <laughs>
1: you said what now? Instead, or,
2: like instead of walking around and i feel like oh i look like the gay person at church or when i'm out god people start to see god and like see my spirit i guess i gotta get to a point where god shows up first through me
1: yeah and he and he that'll will. be and because you are the god is going to use you as a canvas mm. because sometimes when when we go through change um we forget that that something beautiful is happening in someone's life and Mm -hmm. people have to watch and see the transformation. Mm -hmm. And it's painful when people are looking and you're not quite the person, everything that you're showing right now is, is validating what people assume, but they don't Mm -hmm. see what's changing inside the the cocoon. They they can't see what's happening in there. All they see is the shell, but eventually Mm -hmm. there's going to be a butterfly that comes out. Right, right, right. So don't don't worry about that. You you keep doing what you know that you should and over time you will start seeing a change occur. Don't rush it, don't force it. Just keep loving yourself, keep loving God and you'll see over time how people will be like, "Wow, God really did that." But if you force it and you try to do it in your own strength, then you're going to be overwhelmed mm-hmm. and you're just going to fall right back into one of the extremes. Either fall into the stream of faking like you really healed but not healed or going back to that former lifestyle.
2: That's true. Cause I've been through this like a pattern in my adult life going back and then I think it's because I try my own strength to just like change and then I always I keep like I fall back. I end up back in the situation. And then so yeah, and it's just like you said, not in my own strength to let God do the work.
1: Enjoy listen, enjoy take it one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. I do I, this, is how I live my life. I live my life one hour or three hours at a time. I literally just check on myself every three hours. How are you doing today? How are we doing? Okay, we're doing good. Let's keep progressing on this good energy. Let's keep progressing on this. Mm-hmm. I, I do it every three hours because things happen within those three hour spans. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> that that if mm-hmm. I don't check my emotions at 9 a.m., I could miss a blessing by noon. Mm-hmm. So, but if I so when you take it one day at a time, you will see uh, your life change and you'll be like, wow, like I'm taking this one day at a time and I'm not rushing the process. I'm enjoying the process mm-hmm. until the next thing you know, you're like, wow, I am a totally different person. All
2: right, all right.
1: So I hope that helped me. You know, you know getting
2: you... some stuff off my chest.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> really this, is, this is what this is for. And that's why, you know, I created this community so that we can be able to, you know, help each other and 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 be a safe place. My kids tell me this all the time. I teach Sunday night Bible class for 16, 18 year olds. And one girl, she also goes to the school. So my church has a, has a, a private school. And uh, she was like, "Mr. Azzy, that Bible class is like therapy. And so we, we just let the kids vent. I let the kids vent, we talk. And I pray, and I help, and I just kind of do my little woo whatever. But it's therapy. Sometimes you just need a place where you can just vent, process, and get up the road a little bit further. Mm-hmm. All right. So I hope that helped. No, I hope. Anything else, ladies? Any, Katora Whitney, anything else you all have you all want to talk about, got questions about?
0: Um, I was going to say that reminds me of um, Jackie Hope Perry
1: yeah yeah if you guys
0: know yeah she went through a similar um experience and she often talks about um her past and stuff and um she she has her own way of like dressing and the way she looks and stuff like that which i think is like when um you were talking about uh expressing how you dress and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i was just thinking you can you know god is not really looking at specifically if you're wearing a skirt to church or if you got heels on but it's mm-hmm. the content of your heart. so it's like you know don't worry about those type of things because I think it's creative like the more creative you are and you're true to yourself um, and the more that you are with God the the better it is
1: that's good. that's yeah. real
0: mm, that's
1: true. Enjoy the process. When those thoughts come in your mind, process them and, and, and know that your identity is in God, not your past. And I think that's for anyone because our past is the greatest weapon used against us in the forms of memories. Because when you're left alone at night, looking at the ceiling and those memories are replaying itself, until we get to a place where we, be, we can better manage our memories, then we'll, when we get to that place, we'll actually create better memories. So
2: I got a question. Sure, this is sure. totally off topic. No like problem. as far as your creation process, do you yeah. set do you have a schedule for creation as far as like video because I do want to get into like gotcha. um YouTube and I've been off and on that but do you have like an actual schedule and no? I,
1: I think I have more of a system that I do a schedule. Mm-hmm. Scheduling is like day and time because my life, you know, when you have family and Ministry and job, and it, 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 sometimes being imprisoned by a schedule, it can feel like last week we couldn't do it because my family, some things popped up, right? Mm-hmm. But I have systems. Systems is here is my system of delivery. What I normally do is, um, if if it's a video that I need to do, um, or if there's a video on my heart to do, let's start there. If there's a video on my heart to do. Um, then what I normally do is I okay Holy Spirit, what's the video about? Um, like I just wrote a video idea down just right now, how to manage our memories, and that's the video I might do today. I don't know. I'm gonna see see what the vibes is. So what I would do, let's take let's I'll show you what I do. So I'm gonna get a sheet of paper, and this is what I'll do. How to manage memories, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So then
1: I'll start. Our first thing I go to is a scripture. So number one, I find a scripture on memories or management, Mm -hmm. right? Then I go to number two, I go to definitions. What is the definition of a memory? What's the definition of management? Because there's extra content in definitions that I can pull from for context. Mm -hmm. Then number three, I say, okay, what acronyms? Should I do memory, M-E-M-O-R-Y, or should I do manage? Do those words work? If those words don't work, let's see if the M's work. <laughs> See, what I'm saying, because I know in my teaching style, if I use acronyms and use words like that, I use all the same letters, like M M M M, as my points, or spell out the word mm-hmm. memory. It becomes a little bit. People are able to memorize it better, right? Mm-hmm. Then I develop my points, and then I record. So I, my system helps me no matter when I record. So if we, if what I don't want to happen is that you focus more on scheduling then you do system development. Because once you have your system of delivery, then no matter what drops in your spirit, when it drops in your spirit, you can record because you know all I gotta do is boom, 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 boom. I have a system of delivery. I have the way I do my videos. I have my intro ready, my outro ready, and all that kind of stuff. So the system matters more than the schedule because you can schedule all day, but if you don't have the system, then you may feel nervous. The nerves may be stronger one day but when you got a prepared system of how you develop content, how you deliver content and the means by which you deliver the content, then no matter when you record or do something, you're ready to go because you trust your system. Mm-hmm. You trust your okay. process. So, but when it comes to scheduling videos, it's tough now for me. Back in the summer, it may be a little bit different because I have more time, but you know how in this level of life, it, family's unpredictable mm-hmm. uh i got kids calling me dad you know i got nieces and nephews you know you got all you got mamas you got two mamas who love you you got siblings at any given moment you schedule could me and that's one thing i had to realize in marriage oh it was tough is what's the word it's the um unexpected mm-hmm. i plan my life by weeks right now I'm so that's I stopped with the videos because they're like, man, I, my feelings kept getting hurt. <laughs> I have this great video <laughs> idea. Next thing you know, I can't record it because of my wife and I wanted to make sure I didn't have resentment building up. So I freed myself from that. But I, I had to be prepared to be interrupted or my plans being messed up. But as long as my system intact, whenever I press record, I'm ready to go. Okay. That's true. Cause
2: I believe in systems and like your processes and stuff and other things. I just never, I guess, related it to that. If but you that, can have a process or a system yeah. in
1: everything, you'll be efficient in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's like, because now people are actually getting something from you. So if you have a system for your creativity, always when it comes to my system is what is my desired outcome for this thing I want to create? Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that when people watch my videos, they are taken from problem, cause to solution, and they actually have material and exercises to to practice what they've been taught. Mm -hmm. And once you go from A to Z with your systems, then when people come through your funnel, when people come through your process, when people come through your creativity, when people come through that... They get more out of it, which means that, and people are like, why you give so much stuff away for free? Because if I help people become free, they'll put a lot of money in my pocket. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If you do it for the money, you'll make a little. If you do it for a mission, you'll make more. Mm -hmm. But if people get free content and they're processed through it and they get a result, oh man, they'll put more money in your pocket than they would if you charged an initial fee. Right.
0: Right. And they'll give you free
1: stuff. Yeah, they give you mm-hmm. free stuff and it comes right back to you. Favor freely I receive, freely I give. That's my mission. Of course, you charge for books and stuff. You sell your product. I'm not sitting saying you make your books free. But um but people then will say I gotta go buy his books now. Because mm-hmm. what he did in his video for out he gave me an hour and thirty minutes. But what I'm saying is systems matter, and uh um, right. they help support you no matter what your schedule is. Okay because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't want to create a schedule that where your content loses value because you're always doing something you want when every you want that when every I rather for people to be looking for a video and they don't know when it's coming, but they know when it comes going to be valuable. Then he puts a video every, every day, but some days are better than the others. Sometimes videos are good. Sometimes it's not. Because I'm putting out so much content, but if you if you're good at what you do and you got your strong system, people will be looking. That's why I don't have to worry about content. All I gotta do is do a live Q and A, and people got <laughs> questions <laughs> for days because That's they know true. You said, That's crazy.
0: Because I like I remember you did q and A Q&A one time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I was like, um, I was telling my friend, "You need to watch this Q and A." And she's like, "But what is it about?" And I'm like, "You just need to watch it." And then after she watched it, she subscribed to you, and I was like, "Oh, you should get this book too. I'm reading it." And then she's like, wow. "Really?" And then she bought the book. Yeah. So I agree with you that um, the content will speak for itself, and then people will like they will um, be attracted to it, and then that's how they will.
1: Yeah. That's it. I'm selling what and all of this comes from my fellowship with God. None of this stuff will be good. Like, I don't want to end up like a Derrick Jackson. You see what I'm saying? I don't want to end up like that. And I think the more you fellowship with God, you will have longevity. And it's not no attack against him. Cause I, that's tough, man. What he, that's, that's, he, he might lose everything, but, but at the same time, fellowship with God creates amazing content, amazing content leads to people, you know, seeds so in your life and, it's a blessing mm-hmm. to them. So, but I hope that uh, anything, anybody else, I don't want to uh, rush anybody else have anything they want to say or any other questions or concerns or comments.
3: Um, I had a question about your music. Yes, ma'am. Um, do you have like a Spotify playlist or something like that? I sure that? do.
1: I sure do. Ah, they might be old though. Let me look at my playlist right now. I have a worship playlist. I have uh let me see. This one I had my Bible, so they had a lot of playlists. Um I got a worship and warfare play- playlist. Uh, where's my other playlist at? I'll find them for you and I'll post them in the um I'll post them in the Patreon for you.
3: Okay, thank well, I you. Might,
1: you know what? I might create a for-doers-only playlist. That's what I'll do. I'll create a playlist, both worship and work. Like, you know, if you just want music while you work and while you work on your creative stuff, I'll create I'll create new, a new playlist. because I've got some new music now that those playlists are like three years old. And most of those songs I probably don't even, you know, is in my rotation now. So that's what, you know, I'm gonna write that down. And I'll make well, sure- Well, thank I, you. You welcome, you welcome. I don't the- want
3: to put too much, you know, more on your plate, you know. Oh, but- that's
1: easy. That's easy because these songs are like right there. Okay. They so want, listen, we're fine. Music, I love music. So I'll, that's going to be fun to do actually. Because I'm thinking okay. about y'all while I'm doing it.
3: You know okay, think crazy? you welcome. Uh-huh.
2: So I've been, like I told you, I went on a three-day fast, and I was doing yeah. it, every after that, I was just, like, listening to, like, worship, and, like, and so last night, I kind of dug into my, like, let me listen to some, like, I, was like, I don't want to call Christian, I guess Christian hip-hop, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah stuff, and I felt, <laughs> like, I just didn't feel good about listening to it, like, I felt like wrong or something like I need to have like I actually before I went to sleep I went back and listened to like a worship song or something you ever felt that way?
1: With Christian music like Christian rap?
2: Yeah like I felt like it just didn't it could th- be like it depends on what you listen to and I guess the kind, like just because it's Christian music don't mean yeah. it's got like
1: nothing that's really just feeding you exactly just, like, so like what I'll do calories. is I'll develop a playlist and I'm going to see what you think Okay, just from some of the people that I know some of the people that I'm even friends with, and just some of the people that I know, it's good music, good content.
3: So mm-hmm. I'm gonna take some
1: time these couple of days and develop that for y'all, and I'll make sure I post in the Patreon. I think that's gonna be fun. That's cool. Because Thank sometimes, you. sometimes people would be like, they don't know what to listen to, or who the artists are by name. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so when people hear my stuff, they'll be like, "Man, who's that you playing?" And I'm like, "Oh, y'all don't know this, and I forgot that I've been knowing them for years, but they they're just now introduced to them." So, I'll do that for y'all. That's going to be fun. I look forward to that. All right, ladies. Thank you. You welcome. I'll go ahead and pray you all out, and then we'll we'll I'll go ahead and post, I'll go ahead and get this audio ready for you all and get it posted on the page so y'all can go back through just in case there's some things that you want to be reminded of. But Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these young ladies that are on this call now that you help them with any root issues that may be in their lives. I pray that, that your joy would be their strength, that they will enjoy you in rest today, knowing that you got everything already uh, in the pipeline for them. I thank you, Lord, for their, for their love for you and their trust in me. And I pray, Lord, that they'll continue to walk with you and I kind of honor to serve them. We love you, Lord. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Amen. ladies. I see y'all next week, Lord willing. All right. All right, y'all be blessed now.
3: You too. All right, right bye.